Welcome to the Vanguard Bible Church podcast. For more information about Vanguard Bible Church, visit www.vanguardbible.org or come worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. at Freedom Middle School in Northwest Bakersfield. We hope you enjoy today's message. The title for today's message is Salvation Belongs to the Lord. Today we'll be covering Jonah chapter 2. Please turn to Jonah in your Bibles. We'll start with just a short summary of uh, our last message on Jonah. In chapter 1, we saw that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord. Jonah had been thrown off the ship somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea and swallowed by a huge fish. Inside that fish, it was not nice. It was cramped. It was wet, it was slimy, and it was stinky. At this point in his struggle with God, life stinks for Jonah. Not only did it stink, it was dark. Not dark like when we turn out the lights to go to sleep at night, but dark, but completely and entirely dark. There's just no light in there. The inside of the fish under that water would have been darker than anything we can imagine. Not only is it physically dark, but Jonah is also in deep emotional isolation and social darkness. He is totally out of communication with any other person in the world. In his case, there was no way to call out, write a letter. In our day and age, we would say his cell phone is broken, he has no reception, he has no social media, he has no text. He has no, cannot scroll the internet. There is no light. He can't even touch the phone. He has no phone. That's what it would look like in our day and age. The only possible communication that Jonah has is with God. And remember that Jonah is actively fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Many of us struggle or have struggled with darkness in our lives. One of the times that comes to mind is this recent COVID pandemic for the last few years. We feel the darkness as we have been forced to spend less time with our friends, less time with our coworkers, our fellow students, uh, with our friends, just less time with them. And when we are with them, we had to wear a mask and they had to wear a mask. We couldn't see their face. That added to the isolation. That's part of why we had, the last few years was such a dark time for many of us. As we look at Jonah in his time under the sea, we see that his physical and emotional darkness was exceeded by his spiritual darkness. Jonah was on a path to achieve what he thought he desired. When he fled from the presence of the Lord, he is learning the tremendous cost of separation from God. This had to be the lowest possible point for a person completely isolated spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. Fortunately for Jonah, he did not achieve the separation from the presence of God that he was striving for. It only felt like it to him. Many of us can relate to Jonah's feelings of depression and separation from God. We who are believers will never experience complete separation from the presence of God. However, at times, it may feel like it to us. That is a lie from Satan, who, as you know, is the father of all lies. 
When we feel, when we feel separated from God, we must trust God's word and not trust our feelings. Please hear this. We must trust God and his holy word, the Bible. It matters. It matters tremendously. While we are not in the belly of a fish, we can sympathize with Jonah as we have struggled with emotional and spiritual darkness in our own lives. Thank God we have his holy word as a resource to help us through these dark times in our lives. Also, do not forget that we have the amazing gift of prayer. Even when we do not know how to pray, we have the Holy Spirit to help us with our prayers. Let's spend a few minutes before our Lord in prayer, before we're looking at Jonah's prayer. Father, we thank you so much for uh, uh, Jonah and his integrity in writing these things down or, or having somebody else write them down for him. Well, we're not sure just exactly, but we do know that uh, uh, his honesty comes to us and his struggles. We thank you that you, you've revealed those to us. We ask that you'll help us to learn from his struggles and how we might uh, benefit from them and perhaps struggle a little less in our own life. And when we do struggle, turn to you, Father. We thank you so much for this time together today and for your holy word. Now that we understand where Jonah is, let us transition from the background information and start looking at his prayer to God in Jonah chapter 2. Let's read from Jonah's, uh, uh, the summary of Jonah's prayer in verses uh, uh, 1 and 2 of chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Jonah's anguish here is obvious. He is not only calling out to the Lord in his distress. Jonah tells us that he is in the midst of Sheol. Jonah is saying that he is as good as dead. He knows that he is so far gone that there is no possible return for him. All he can do at this point is call out to God for mercy. And yet... And yet, Jonah knows that God hears his voice. That is amazing. One of the wonderful things about prayer is we do not have to have perfect motives to pray. Here we see Jonah is praying with, in response to anguish, not because he repented of his rebellion. When we are believers, God listens to our imperfect prayers. Praise God. Jonah is learning that prayer is an amazing gift to us from God. He now knows that prayer is not a cumbersome process. It's not a cumbersome process where he has to go to the temple and offer the required sacrifice. Then ask the current high priest to forward his prayer to God when he gets around to it. Almighty God, and he gets around to forwarding the request to the Almighty God. How amazing and wonderful it is that we do not have to go to a special place such as a church to pray. How amazing is it that we do not have to schedule a time with God to talk to him, such as the third Tuesday after we put out a sacrifice on the altar, then we can go pray to God. Thank God we don't have to do that. Even if we do not always appreciate it, the opportunity to pray is a wonderful 
an amazing gift from God and our Lord Jesus Christ. While Jonah knows that he is lost, he is totally unable to save himself. He makes a good move. He spends time in some serious prayer. Our first application for today. As we're feeling distance from God and distress in our lives, there's an opportunity to turn to God in prayer. In fact, any time is a good time to turn to God in prayer. Reading more of Jonah's distress in verses 3 and 4. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your bellows, they passed over me. Then I said, I am driven from your sight. Yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. Notice that Jonah understands that it was God who cast him into the sea, not the sailors. The sailors were only doing what God had commanded them to do through the mouth of Jonah. Jonah feels that he has received from God what he is trying to accomplish. Remember in Jonah 1.3, we are told that God is fleeing, that Jonah is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Now Jonah says, you cast me into the heart of the sea, and I am driven from your sight. Exactly what Jonah had been trying to accomplish. Jonah is feeling completely rejected by God. Fleeing from God seemed like a good idea to him when Jonah is told to do a difficult and unpleasant task. However, at this point, Jonah is feeling the discipline of God. He is starting to learn that God's discipline yields righteousness. As it says in Hebrews 12:11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of, of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Even though he has a, at a low point in his life and a low point in his walk with God, Jonah has hope. Look at the last couplet in verse 4. Yet I shall again look at your temple. I shall again look upon your holy temple. Jonah is saying that he is looking forward to again being in the presence of God. Even in the midst of the extreme darkness, what Jonah is looking forward to is seeing God's temple. Even though Jonah knows that God is not limited to living in his temple, Jonah thinks of the temple as where he can worship and sacrifice to God. This is a significant sign that Jonah is starting to place his hope in the Lord again. I remember some days when my mother used to say to me, she just didn't feel like going to church that day. I always thought that was kind of sad. Not to judge her, because sometimes I feel the same way. I feel like, I've had a rough day, I've had a rough week. I don't feel like going to church today. But how much better is it for us when we feel bad to go to church and to be ministered to by God's word, by the preaching of his word, by our brothers and sisters, by worshiping the Lord. How much better is that than just to stay home 
and wallow in our own darkness. By the way, when you see somebody who looks like they're having a rough time, pray for them. And maybe, maybe give them a hug of encouragement and, and, and a word of encouragement, perhaps. Ask them how you can pray for them, how you can intercede for them with God. Prayer is a wonderful gift. Not only our prayers, but the prayers of your brothers and your sisters. Let's read farther in uh, uh, verses 5 and first part of verse 6. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the root of the mountain, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. As many of us experience major events in our lives, it can be very much of a roller coaster event, full of ups and downs. Just before this, Jonah moves upward emotionally as he finds hope in seeing the temple of God again. Now we read of Jonah as he continues his physical and emotional descent. The waters are closing in over him. He seems to be at the bottom of the sea with weeds wrapped around his head. Notice he says, the bars closed upon me forever. The bars closed on him represented the end of his life. It is as if the gate is closing on him and Jonah is at the point of looking into eternity. He knows that God is very upset with him and life is over. This is Jonah's lowest point. That's, that's it. Our world attempts to teach us there is no eternity, that there is no hope. As we look into God's word, we see that our society is wrong. Eternity is real. It is waiting for us, and we will be a part of it. The important question is, what do you see in your future as you look into eternity in the light of God's word? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the truths of believers, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, with ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. What do you see when you examine your eternal future in the light of the gospel? At this point, God is giving Jonah exactly what he had been pursuing. Jonah is learning that to receive what he thought he wanted is not at all what he really wanted. He is deep in the sea, deeper than he had ever imagined he might go. Instead of finding fulfillment and satisfaction, he is feeling the terror of following his own path apart from God. We should learn from Jonah and not look to the world to give us what we desire. And even more important, 
we should not look to the world to give us what we need because the world does not know what we need and it cannot give us what we need either. Jonah recognizes that God is completely sovereign, that God is completely and absolutely in control of everything. Our second application for today, can we be saved when we think that the world has everything we want or need? No. We can only be saved once we realize that nothing in the world has to offer can save us. If the world cannot save us, what can save us? That is answered well in the classic hymn, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Uh, yes, our hope now and forever can only be found in what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's read farther, uh, continuing verse 6 and 7. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. It is often very difficult for us to appreciate what God is doing in our lives. In verse 6, Jonah says, you brought my, up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. This seems to be where Jonah is swallowed by the whale. Being swallowed by a giant fish is not what most of us would think of as a method of rescue. However, we need to remember that God can use anything he chooses for our good. Often it takes us time to find some, the good in some of the things that happen to us. For Jonah, this fish is a good thing because he sees that God is bringing him up from the dark depths of the sea. God is not only physically rescuing Jonah, at the same time, God is bringing Jonah up out of the emotional darkness and depression. We are not able to climb up out of darkness and depression by ourselves. Even though Jonah did not show any repentance for what he had done, he starts to experience relief. When he reached out to God in prayer, Jonah is starting to have hope again. He has the knowledge that God is hearing his prayers and bringing him up out of the pit. Here's an interesting part of uh, Jonah's prayer in verses 8 and 9. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. When Jonah is talking about vain idols, he is really talking about himself and his own selfish desires. For proof, let's look at the words he focused on. In chapter 2, in the ESV translation, Jonah uses the word I ten times. He uses the word me seven times and my eight times. He uses the words I, me, and my 25 times in nine verses. 
He is focused totally on himself, uh, like me most of the time. Even as he is talking about himself like this, God, God is starting to show Jonah that focusing excessively on himself and his own desires is not the path to fulfillment or happiness. Jonah also says that he is giving up looking for meaning and solution to life's problems within himself. This is a huge step forward for Jonah. Likewise, it is a huge step forward for us when we realize and acknowledge that our true hope cannot be in ourselves. When Jonah says, salvation belongs to the Lord, he is quoting from the book of Psalms. And yes, the book of Psalms did exist in the time of Jonah. It was written a few hundred years before him. Psalms chapter 3 and Psalms 37 both tells us that salvation is from the Lord. Jonah knows his need for salvation probably better than he is ever aware of it before. Darkness and terror have a way of focusing us and helping us understand our need for salvation that can only come from our Lord and Savior. That is what Psalms 37, 39 tells us. God is our stronghold in time of trouble. He is our stronghold because salvation comes from him both now and forever. Our salvation comes from God both now and forever. Amen? Verse 40 in Psalm 37 goes on to tell us that God delivers us from the wicked and saves us because we take refuge in him. To me, these verses in Psalms and Jonah may be some of the clearest connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What can be a clear example of our need for Christ and seeing the terror and darkness in our, when we try to rely on ourselves? Our need for salvation and the provision for our salvation now and forever is clear and urgent. That is if we are completely honest with ourselves. And our final verse in Jonah today, verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Such an interesting verse. Good verse for kids. God spit up Jonah. Or the, God had to whale spit Jonah up. A key part of this verse is easy to overlook. It is the phrase, dry land. Without those two small words, Jonah could have been spit out anywhere in the one million square miles of the Mediterranean Sea. By his grace, God delivered Jonah to dry land where God gives Jonah the opportunity to obey him. Some of the ways that we've seen that God has saved Jonah we saw that God saved Jonah from himself by not allowing him to flee all the way to Tarshish. Then God saved Jonah from the sea by having the fish swallow Jonah up. Then God saved Jonah from the fish by not having the fish digest Jonah for three days. Then God saved Jonah from his falsely based trust in himself 
as a source of salvation by bringing to his heart and his mind the passages in Psalms that salvation belongs to the Lord. Then God again saved Jonah from the sea by having the fish spit up Jonah on dry land. What an amazing work of God. While it's interesting to see what God allowed Jonah to put himself through to be saved, the real question for us is, what must we do to be saved? The simple answer is, we must be saved through the work of Christ. I think a direct answer to that question of how to be saved is in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. <clears throat> and I consider this to be the third application for today. Salvation comes from putting our faith in the completed work of Christ Jesus. In conclusion, I think that the solution for the darkness in our lives, the emotional darkness, physical darkness, and spiritual darkness, is to focus on Jesus and the wonderful and amazing things he has done for us, <clears throat> including the light he shines in our lives. And we thank God and our Lord Jesus for the amazing and wonderful gift of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this gift of prayer and the power you've given us through prayer, Father. We thank you that you're with us here and that you, you speak through your word, you speak through song, you speak through our brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. And we ask that you'll continue to bless us as we continue to worship you today and then as we go out. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this Vanguard Bible Church podcast. You can find more sermon messages online at vanguardbible.org. Have a great week, and we hope we'll see you soon.